Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, the race against time to retrieve vital ratings data before it's deleted. Should creative decisions be made based on the diversity of the production and on-air team? And which group of celebrities are turning on each other, all because only one of them got the Twitter blue tick? Welcome to the podcast where people in the TV industry get their news. This is TV Black Box. Bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. We're back! Did you miss us, my lovelies? Well, I hope you did, because we've got a huge edition of TV Black Box for you today. And I've got some really interesting people joining me on this week's edition. First up, we have the very lovely Sarah Monaghan. Hello, Sarah. Good morning, or good evening, or whatever time it is where everybody is. You sound like the Truman Show. Good, e- good morning, good evening, <laughs> good, evening good night. Good night. <laughs> we have the less slightly lovely, but still lovely nonetheless, Stephen Brooke. Hello, Brookie. Hello, Robert McKnight. How are you? Mate, I feel like it's been ages since we last conversed. Oh, look, it probably has. I think I've been on holidays and got a new job. So Yes. Uh, and then we had our school holiday hiatus. Yes, which was unplanned. And people have been saying, is everything all right? Is the podcast okay? Well, basically, I got caught up doing our Eye on Big Brother podcast, video cast, which was just a mammoth effort and huge. And Mog was supposed to fill in and got sick. So it all just sort of fell apart. But you know what? It's free. So, you know, we're back anyway. Also joining me tonight in a little bit of uh Fill in for the fill out. I don't know what I'm trying to say there. but You're da- saying special guest star. Yeah, thank you. Is David Robinson from the Ben Robin Robbo Show. Hello, Robbo. I actually really liked Brookie's intro better than yours. <laughs> there, Robert. Yes, uh, I, I prefer special guest star. Kind of like Heather Locklear on Melrose Place. Exactly uh, like yes. Heather. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, lovely to be here, guys. Thank you for having me. Lovely to I have also noticed we have matching haircuts. Oh, yeah. We do. <laughs> Oh, if I can put mine down a little bit. If you, want to, if you want to see what that looks like, just watch the Ben Robin Robbins show Monday to Thursday at 1pm and you can see what Sarah's talking about. But, hey, I'm just so thrilled to have this next lady with us. It's none other than your television star, Evie Jones, is in the house. Hello, Evie. Ooh, hi. <laughs> that, that's a good introduction. I'll take it. <laughs> I uh, gave you a slightly better one you. than Robbo. <laughs> no, I like it. Yeah, well, look... Everyone don't hate me. 
Oh, we don't hate you. We love you. In fact, I love this panel. Malk and Ben better watch out. That's all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> let's see if they're actually listening to this podcast because that will come back to bite me on the ass. Uh, you know what? There is a lot to talk about in the world of television, so let's get into the news items of the week. And it's been an unsettling week for TV executives with no ratings data being available since Wednesday last week. As confirmed by TV Black Box, Oztam and Nielsen have been dealing with a ransomware attack which has seen them lose access to their service. Now in a new twist, TV Black Box can reveal the data stored on each box in each home is only kept for seven days. That means that unless Oztam can retrieve the data, last Tuesday's information will be gone forever. But in an update this afternoon as we record the TV Black Box podcast, Oztam and Nielsen are saying that they have successfully retrieved the data and it will be made available on Wednesday. So we look forward to seeing that. Brookie, no ratings in the world of TV is a very scary idea. Yes, I mean, there's more data available than ever before. And as we know, media buyers like to know what's being watched because they have given advertisers recommendations about what programs they should be putting their dollars into. This sounds like a temporary lip and if that data had been lost the industry would have had to have dealt with it there was a bit of a crossover though that made it a particularly bad time the ending of several big programs mm. and the start of a whole new slate of other programs uh advertisers i guess uh fairly would have known by this stage what programs they really wanted to advertise in and would have i think ultimately regarded this as little more than a blip, even if the data had been lost. Yeah, look, you can imagine why Seven would be a bit upset. They look set to win the demos last week up against Nine. And while for advertisers, the finale of Big Brother isn't so much a big point, they'd be more interested in knowing how Farmer Wants a Wife has gone because that is where they're now putting their money. But it gives Seven's brag, it gives Seven bragging rights. Uh, Evie, this is a bad time for Seven not to have that powerful PR punch. Of course, the Big Brother finale, not knowing what the ratings were for that, is a huge loss and, and an empty hole. Like, what do you do if you <laughs> if you can't show off your numbers? I'm, I know, I'm and personally, the the thing that. The thing that gets me, Sarah, is having been in that position of 8.58 every morning, checking the Oztam raw numbers and then waiting for the reports to be generated, I would be sweating over those numbers. And and executives don't know how to feel about themselves until they see they nut those numbers. Am I a worthwhile human being? Did I do well in the ratings yesterday? Well, I don't know until I see those numbers. I don't know if I'm worthy of being alive until I see those numbers. You would have <laughs> seen that when Hey Dad was on. You always wanted the, uh, the numbers coming through, didn't you? Well, I mean, now they can just make it up and say, well, we're the most popular people on Twitter, so <laughs> therefore we win. Indeed. But um, if they do need some cybersecurity, my husband does work for a company that can make sure they don't get hacked again. Just saying. Uh, Oztam, if you're listening, and we know you are, uh, give Sarah Monaghan a call. She'll sort you out and not allow these attackers to get you again. And I truly hope the information has been retrieved successfully. Um, I'm a bit surprised, though, Robbo, that the information is usually these reports are generated daily. So if they've retrieved the information from last Tuesday, why it's not out by the time of recording on Monday night, that surprises me. 
Because are, are you suggesting that maybe uh, there's been a little bit of uh, fuzzing of the truth? Do you think that uh, you're I'm right? Not, I'm not implying anything. I'm no, just... but, that, well, that, but that's, that, I think that's a very good point. Uh, yeah. uh, it's it's so long ago. And it, this is almost like having a coal-fired power station without having coal. Um, <laughs> which is, But that's what it is with the TV industry. It, it just can't survive. It can't function properly. Um, because everyone from... As, as Without you said, validation. Well, that's right. Yeah, yeah. you just blind uh, so, blindly, so, aren't you? Yeah. It's so like everyone an Instagram from executives, model. Every, yeah. Everyone from executives to um, advertisers, everyone, publicity, they just don't know what to do if they don't have the numbers. So it's a tough world out there. But the worst it's like being on seven. Instagram and when you don't look at your insights, it's like you <laughs> almost don't care what people think. Very true. You're doing it for fun. What? <laughs> Um, it's um, it, the the worst thing for Seven though is even if they do get the data and they release those reports, the world has moved on. Big Brother seems like a long distant memory now, and so they've missed missed that opportunity. Well, look, talking of ratings, we're at the halfway we're past the halfway mark of the ratings year, and some shows have plenty to crow about. While Nine News Sydney has claimed a year after hitting the magic twenty one weeks, which marks ten straight years in the top spot. Seven News has now come out claiming the national win. In an email to staff, Seven News boss Craig McPherson said Seven News is on track to again win every ratings week for five years in succession. Robert, there's no doubt Seven News is dominant in Adelaide and Perth, but does a national figure at 6pm mean anything when each news service is local? Well, well, that's right, Rob. And, and as, as you mentioned, Adelaide and Perth are the ones that always prop up seven because those those are very, very big seven towns. Um, uh, yes, but, you know, that's that's the day and age that we're in, isn't it? That whatever, oh, when you can spin. get your... Sorry, Rob? It's all spin. Yeah, that's right. And, and yes, there's all spin and you'd snap it up. And if, if there is one way that you can say um, that you've won, then people will take on. The, the thing I always love is with the, the Austereo Network, um, they call it the number one hit music station. Um, but there is not another hit music yeah, station they're, they're, in the market. They're the only station called Hit. That's right. <laughs> but they're the number one hit hit music station. Um, so there's there's always been we a bit of that too. We are the number one Ben Robin Robbo show. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Those other ones are bastards. Um, but yes, yes. Um, Brookie, it, it, as when we were winning at nine, it used to do my head in when Seven would be touting their six pm bulletin with Chris Bath as Australia's number one. Chris Bath, and God love her, nice person, was not number one. You know, she was a distant second in Sydney, but claiming number one through a national win when there's different readers in Perth, there's different readers in Adelaide, Melbourne, Brisbane. It's just BS, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, and that's what you know now. There are so many different ways to slice and dice these figures. You can have number one in Sydney, Perth, Melbourne, Brisbane, etc. And I used to live in Perth, and I fully understand Channel 7's dominance there. Uh, mm. A new metric that is growing in popularity with nine is number one on the East Coast, and that's the Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane market. And yes. to be fair, that is where the majority of the population resides and also the advertising dollars. So you've got a very heavy skew in terms of where brands are spending their money in Sydney and Melbourne because that's where the eyeballs are. Uh, a bit extra in Brisbane as well. But then these markets for national advertisers in Perth and Adelaide are really quite small. Of course, if you're a local advertiser, then that's where you want to be putting your dollars because that's where you're going to be reaching the relevant consumers. 
So I do think that there is some truth to the fact that this national figure is, in terms of TV advertising, at least in ratings, neither here nor there. Hmm, fair enough. All right, still on news, the ABC is celebrating 10 years of the ABC News Channel. The channel was fully funded out of efficiencies made within news and received no additional funding when it launched. In 2020, year-to-date, News Channel is reaching more than 4 million Australians every week, that's metro and regional, with a metro daytime share of 5.4%. Evie, I must say, I keep the News Channel on now while prepping the Ben Robin Robbo show, and it's actually a really good service. I am surprised the commercial networks haven't jumped on the bandwagon with the 24-hour News Channel. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure that they even know that it exists, commercial TV. <laughs> they just do their <laughs> own thing. But I've ABC News Channel is the best. And, you know, during the bushfires, um, I was out of service um, away from Melbourne and the only thing I could get was the ABC News chat 24 hours. And I was so glad because it's what I'm used to anyway. Um, I think... People, most people don't care what the ABC is doing because, you know, they're not about um, ratings and advertising. So um, I think people just leave them to their own devices, not knowing just how popular it really is. Yeah, but a 5.4% share in 2020 is a good share to have. Uh, you know, SBS, Brookie, only does 66 or something like we that. We are being a little unfair to the commercial networks because we've forgotten that they actually did have a 24-hour news service, which was called Sky News Australia. So Seven and Nine both had quite substantial shares in that back in the day. And they... I, I meant on free-to-air. Yeah, well, Sky, you can get on free-to-air in quite a few uh, country areas now. And there's talk about it getting its own digital... True. And on yeah, YouTube. And talk about it getting its own digital channel. They did sell out of that arrangement quite a few years ago. And clearly they produce a lot of content uh, that is not going to make their 6pm flagship bulletins and that's more likely to go up online. Whether in this day and age you would want to spend the time, effort and money to establish another linear TV service as a news channel or just stick it all up online on demand I think is probably going to be the future for these different news services which uh, are still in competition let's not forget, with each other and still find their news hours very lucrative for them because they're quite often the top-rating program, especially this year, of uh, the entire weekly schedule. And, and you don't want that many news channels because living in a place that has 18 non-stop 24-hour news channels, they're just going to have to make shit up eventually to compete <laughs> with each other. Well, <laughs> Australia's nice and quiet. You don't need that much no, news. No, that is no, so I, I true, Sarah. We don't have that much news. And now, notice the difference this year when there is actually news to report that matters, how audiences have flocked in to watch it. Uh, you're quite right about making stuff up, although they're a bit more sophisticated by that and they just call them panel shows, where in- instead of sending <laughs> crews out, you can just have... It's you just, just opinions. Have, it's, it's a lot cheaper yeah. to stick a whole bunch of people behind a, tes- a desk who will shout at each other than sending crews out <laughs> to get the stories. As a co-host of one of those panel shows, I won't take well, any... Well, we can go through your budgets if you want, but we probably have, we probably have another segment to go on to. Um, 
What I would, no, my, my point being though, that in this age of content delivery and trying to get audiences to free-to-air television, I am surprised that seven, nine, or ten. Let me be very specific. Haven't looked at the. Um, Uh, 24-hour news Mm. channel model because they're essentially doing it. Whenever there's a press conference, they're taking it live online anyway. And when you think about it, they're already delivering so many hours of news on the stations anyway. They do a a 5 a.m. news service. They've got Today Show from 5.30 till 9.10-ish. They've got Today Extra from 9.10 until 11 or 11.30. 11.30, sorry. Then they've got morning news until midday. They used to have uh, the 3 p.m. news, 9 news now, but I think that's gone for good. And so my point being is that they've got so much news anyway. They've Mm. got the resources. They taking live press conferences is half of what a news channel is, and politicians are doing press conferences every day. So I, I don't know that it would be that hard to do, and I'm just surprised that they're not trying to build an audience to transfer online, which presumably Sky News is going to have to do at one point or another because Sky News will, uh, sorry, Foxtel will disappear mm. eventually. So what is the future of Sky News? Will it become an online platform? And then, Brookie, does its commentators fit an online platform? Yes, I wonder. You're right, there's a lot of news on all networks. If you then set up a 24-hour news channel, are you going to take away, are you going to rob your main channel audiences from all those different news bulletins uh, and then put on different types of programming? I think that that the... Commercial free-to-air networks probably have looked at that model because, let's face it, they've got a lot of extra digital channels Mm. now. Most have got between three or four. I reckon they've probably looked at it and rejected it as not being able to make the figures work or why it's going to rob their flagship channels, which, as you pointed out, has got quite a lot of news bulletins on them. Although I, I love the way the ABC does it, you know, like uh, being up in Queensland during Daylight Savings, uh, ABC News comes into Queensland live on the ABC News channel and it's delayed on the main channel so that it matches up with what time it's meant to go to where. And that's a really good service and gives me a reason to go to ABC News 24 and gives me a reason to watch the ABC because I can watch Mm. content live. All right, let's move on. Well, the sun continues to rise at seven with news. The network has signed a new deal with David Koch, which will see him continue as the host of Sunrise for another two years. While his workload has been reduced to four days a week since his last contract negotiation, the Australian reports there was no pay rise as part of this new deal. Sarah, you'd have to say a smart move by seven to keep Koch in the chair. Uh, sure. I mean, people like him, right? (laughs) Well, Sunrise is dominant number one. If it, if it okay. ain't broke, you don't fix it, right? Yeah, so keep him there. I mean, just don't invite any international guests that don't want any bad press. Yeah. Oh. Dude, seriously, the only time I that. ever hear bad people, bad things about people is when they go on that show and he, like, yeah. tweets about them. <laughs> well, you got, live TV is a funny thing and these celebrities sometimes come on not wanting, not knowing what country they're in, let alone what who but they're they managed to, to go on so many other channels, and they're just lovely. So well, hang on, is that because he calls out their bullshit? You know, like um, remember when Heath Ledger was on Sunrise and he sat there peeling an orange, yes, and Koshy called him out because he he was being arrogant and rude, and you know, God rest his soul, if you believe in God, but. Yes. He did that through an entire um, interview with On Enough Rope with Andrew Denton. His interviews were always so ex- 
Did he do that with awkward. Andrew Denton as well? Because he definitely did it on Sunrise. Maybe that was like his like shtick. <laughs> yeah, he well, he didn't peel an orange, but he may as well have. He was just twitching in the chair the entire time and oh. touching him, you know, like... It, touching just, himself? Were you yeah, like, he's, <laughs> he's touching himself. He in the nicest was, possible you know, way. preening and, yeah, he was on drugs. Like, you could, you could <laughs> tell there was something going on. So um, I wouldn't have expected anything more. But I think with Koshi, you've got to keep him on a winning formula mm-hmm. um, because we've seen what happened on today when they got rid oh, of... Yeah. Carl, so um, yeah, you know the exact. Let's not do that again. Do that again, yeah. They're going to be like, let's learn lessons. And and for as great to do them, as great as the chemistry is between Carl and Ali, they've got a long way to go at the moment. Oh yeah, I do think the seven on air team, not just the main presenters, uh, but all the other um, side presenters, if you like, the team is a lot more comfortable Mm -hmm. on Sunrise than it appears to be on today. Koshi is 64. He's always maintained other interests. His latest one is that Oz uh, Biz digital yep. channel that he set up with former Sky Business exec Kylie Merritt, and he's got his own business-to-business publications. So a uh, very hard worker. I-, I do think he makes it look easy. It's funny, isn't it? And We've talked about this so many times. Sunrise is completely dominant, but we spend most of our time talking about this the Today Show, I've never quite worked out why. <laughs> because uh, maybe Sunrise being because number one is the same old story. Of stability, isn't it? Mm. And I think he's a very important part of that stability. And as you've made out, you've said before, we all know what will happen when Koshi goes. The succession planning is already there and is in, it is in evidence on the days that he is not on Sunrise because the team is in place and sails on without him. Yeah. But does but does does Sunrise work though? I want to raise this with everyone here. Uh, obviously, with all the the hoo ha brouhaha of uh, Carl leaving, did that not give Sunrise a free kick? Because really, Sunrise hasn't changed that much in a long time. Uh, in a very long time, there's been no massive innovations there. Uh, so I, I think that when today had Carl and then Deb and then Georgie and all of that imploded, it kind of just gave a very, 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 very free big kick to Sunrise without any, having to ever have any innovation. Absolutely. They didn't have to do anything for it. Well, you look at how close today got to beating Sunrise. Well, that's, they that's did right. beat yeah. Sunrise. They that's beat right. them in the five-cap cities in 20... 20- I want to say 14, but I know I'm wrong. Um, It was 2014, I think, 2015. I can't remember. But, yeah, you're right, though. But they actually won, and seven went to challenge it in court, and nine rolled over when it was a five-cap city win, but Sunrise turned around and said, no, but we're counting nationals now. You know, that's that's not a a yardstick we use when measuring who wins and loses the year. But Sunrise ambushed nine and and claimed that. So, in my view, that year, today actually won. Yeah. So, what happened? You are right, Rob, and that gets back to my earlier point about advertising revenue because whilst there are more eyeballs in rural and regional areas, the importance, again, of the advertising revenue means that five-cap cities is what counts. Mm, Absolutely. Um, But... Sunrise have held on. They've come back stronger and stronger and uh, all credit to them. And, yes, Brookie, the only reason we don't talk about it every week is because it's the same story every week and it's more interesting to see who's battling it out for number two now because there's movement there with ABC News Breakfast coming up and 
giving the today a bit of a kicking and um, we still think ABC News will end up in the number two spot. That will certainly be a story. Okay, social media has been in uproar after Guy Sebastian's brother, Chris, won The Voice on Channel 9. While the winner was decided by a public vote, viewers were quick to say Chris had an unfair advantage by being the brother of one of the judges. Robbo, what do you reckon? Is this completely unfair? Well, well, look, yes. Um, (laughs) Short answer, yes. Because you've got to be fair. Remember, like we've talked about this on the Ben Robin Robbo show, and that was that, um, you know, there are are very basic T's and C's that say that people who, uh, if you're related to someone, they can't be part of it. It's... it just it's just not the right place to have your brother being a judge and you winning it. Uh, you know, there are plenty of other ways to get ahead, I'm assuming, if you're Guy Sebastian's brother. This just feels a bit icky to me. I've, I've got to say that. I mean, he How? could have gone on The Masked Singer, right? That's right. Absolutely. That's, that's right. Although he's not a celebrity. No, because nobody would have known who he was. He could not have done The Masked Singer. Go and watch, and you can see it online, his blind audition. It is clear that Guy Sebastian instantly knows who it is. Oh, really? For Yeah, he gives this smile of recognition, uh, and you see his name, so the viewers see his name and put two and two together. It's actually a really lovely moment. But guess what? Boy George is the first person to turn around, and then Guy does... Kelly is incredibly enthusiastic, and then Delta. And I tell you what, they had basically all whizzed round before the first chorus really got going. So the guy can clearly see. No one's disputing that, Brookie. No one is disputing that. No, but... no, but they are. Didn't he audition for the very first season? So Correct. on the technicality, was Guy on? The... He mustn't have been. No, I don't remember who was the judges. So on a technicality, he's come back kind of as an all-star. Yeah, that, 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 that's true. But at the end of the day, Brookie just said it. Guy realised who it was straight away. Delta knows him. Um, the name Sebastian, he has an unfair advantage from the point of view that Guy's fans are going to vote for Chris because they love Guy, they want to support Guy and therefore support his brother. It, 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 I mean, it doesn't pass the pub test, does it? I don't know. They didn't like. I've watched the voice where they've recognised voices before, and you can yeah, tell they know brothers. who the singer is. I know it's not, but what's the difference between their brother or their best friend? Because usually, this, when... but are you going to tell a guy he can't go on a TV show just because his brother's already famous? Yes, if you Thank enter any you, competition Sarah. on television or no, any no, competition, if he's a judge, the if, if the family member is a judge, specifically state that if you know anyone who works on the production, you cannot be part of this. But this is a singing a... competition. He knows the bloody other... judge. But are there any other shows he could have gone on? Because obviously not, he can't go on the market. issue there. The issue no, but it's a small he country. Be on this show where his brother is a judge. Australia is a small country. These conflicts yeah. come up all the We're time. Way too look at Master, look at Master <laughs> Chef. Who was the contestant yeah. who'd worked at the restaurant that one of the judges yeah. had run? Etc. Uh, yeah. Etc. Et another one was the best friend of another of the yeah. judges. Best and friend and brothers are the same thing. I would have more of a problem if this had been concealed to mm-hmm. everyone. It clearly was not. And look, who decided the winner? The voting public. Who are all? Yeah, I mean, he didn't use Guy his mother's Sebastian. maiden name or something. Well, they're not all fans of Guy no, Sebastian because Guy Sebastian's 
candidates, which did not include his yeah, brother, didn't win. <laughs> did not win. Who would Guy more prefer to win? His he protege on The win. Voice or his brother? Come on, well, people. Well, his Come brother on. didn't choose him to be his mentor. Yeah, so. I reckon he would have liked for his, his contestant to win. Yeah. I mean, you think brothers Absolutely. are all close. Look at Ollie Murs. His brother no longer speaks with him. But he's besides in Britain, the point. <laughs> you know, no, get this. Because in Britain, Ollie Murs decided to go on the X Factor rather than go to his twin brother's wedding. No. Well, that worked out for Ollie. So come on, man. <laughs> you know, like. I, oh, so now you blame the brother for being annoyed that he should have been the wedding. Would... This is television. Takes I precedence. Think, <laughs> I think it would have been. <laughs> I think it would have been a lot worse had Chris chosen Guy as his as his mentor. And then yeah, we could exactly. really be up in arms about something. No, the you know what? I've been on Guy, the fence. Guy had one. I, I've got to say, I've been on the fence on this one for a long time. You guys have convinced me it was wrong and inappropriate. So all your arguments have now made me think this was a bullshit move by nine. They should never have allowed it to happen. And they've robbed those other three contestants of a shot of winning because the moment they're up against Guy Sebastian's brother, it's over, Red Rover. You don't have a chance in hell. Baloney. Not everyone who watches that show is a huge fan of Guy Sebastian, are they? The whole and format is designed to engender rivalry between judges, isn't it? And it's yeah. always the people uh, who don't win you, who end up with Rob, a recording contract. It's always number yeah. two and number three who end up with a really good deal, and whoever wins One gets direction locked into some not... shitty contract. <laughs> Yes, yes, Sarah. Still, One Direction did not win in, the X Factor. It's still inappropriate. They're brothers. Why is it inappropriate? Well, they're not having sex together, you know. Because he's judging <laughs> a competition of which his brother is in. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. The viewers are the ones who determine the winner. Not initially. Only at no, the, the end winner. The There's only team. one winner. Well, that is I the winner. I think he got through. I, I think he got through on his on his. I'm not um, saying he's not talented every time. Even. I'm not I think he got talented. through every time on his. It's just I mean, there inappropriate. Was, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think so. Not at all. We we live in a very small country. It's if too we small. just start putting that out there, you know that you know this and that can't you can't. Why work don't we take with... a vote, Rob? Since you're so no, keen on no judging and voting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I leave my vote. We're one of five. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Have, because have, have you got a show to plug, Rob? Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny you mention that because before we move on, I just want to make mention that our very own Ben Robin Robbo show hit a big milestone during our little two-week break, hitting the Big 50. Streaming live every Monday to Thursday at 1pm, the show can now boast over 70,000 views per week through Ticker TV and our various social media platforms. Robbo, it's been a big few weeks and we've been doing double shifts. I think I'm a bit too excited to enjoy the moment. I think you're right there too, Rob, because when, I mean. when, I, when I was coming out to do uh, this show tonight, I was like, oh, bloody hell, I'm, I'm getting deja vu here. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm used to coming out to the studio uh, three times a week. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful achievement, I think, and, and not to be too... <laughs> if we do say so ourselves. Yeah, but I was going to say that, not to be too uh, you know, into it. But, but when you think about it, the, the, what we try to create here is something that hasn't really been done before in this, in this space. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of fun and, and Ben's an idiot and Rob's an idiot. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, oh, bloody hell, I forgot we were recording. No, I love them both. That was just a little joke there. Um, we, we, have a lot of, we have a lot of fun. I think it's a, it's a good show. And again, I just want to say the Ben, Rob and Robbo show live Monday to Thursday, 1 p.m. And Brookie, you should check it out one day. 
Yeah, so Brookie, it's it's um one one p.m. Monday to Thursday. You can catch <laughs> up on demand, the social just media. Go to the Facebook page. Yeah. At B- R- R- show. I, I would I would love to check it out. What is it exactly? It's, <laughs> <laughs> just go to facebook.com slash BRR show and you can see the show on demand anytime you like, Brookie. I look forward to the day that you watch it. <laughs> Brookie doesn't watch anything he doesn't appear in these days. That's his oh, new rule. I know. I'm like no. Elmer person. <laughs> she, she never did anything she never read. Or maybe that was Kylie. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now it's time for Hatchets and Dispatches with Sarah. Thanks, Rob. And Channel 10 has pulled the plug on its supercast coverage after deciding to walk away from the event. Motoring publication Auto Action recently reported a new deal would see seven broadcast live a minimum of one race per round. Foxtel will remain as the primary broadcaster with full access to all races and practice sessions. The federal government has announced $10 million in funding for Foxtel to continue its support of coverage of women's niche and underrepresented sports. The $10 million in additional funding over two years comes at a crucial time for women's and underrepresented sports as they navigate the impact of COVID-19 and look toward competition restarts. It's an underrepresented sport. Like Quidditch. Beyond International has announced Kate Llewellyn-Jones as CEO of its international distribution division. TV Tonight reports Llewellyn-Jones will oversee the merger of the Beyond Distribution business with its recent acquisition, TCB Media Rights. And Seven has secured Australian rights to produce a local version of the high-energy competition series Ultimate Tag. The format is based on the classic schoolyard game of tag and features teams of male and female contestants moving through highly elaborate indoor obstacle courses while professional taggers attempt to chase them down. And that is this week's Hatches and Dispatches. Uh, Yes, Sarah, I agree with what you said under your breath. There's also on Netflix, I think it is, The Floor is Lava. You know, (gasps) That's um, a fantastic show. Oh, Oh, no, I saw a meme on Twitter this week. Someone was talking about The Lava Show when they were comparing it to American healthcare. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, okay, that's a story for another time. Thank you, Sarah. Coming up. Should diversity play a role in the commissioning of new television projects? And which group of celebrities have turned on each other after someone got the Twitter blue tick? That's coming up when we open... (laughs) The TV Black Vault. That's coming up. (laughs) That wasn't bad. It was terrible, Robbo, and it is terrible every week. Don't encourage him. I love it. We'll be right back. 
These are real confessions. Saying I've wanted to kill my mother since I was eight years old. From real serial killers. I've just got to be violent. Best-selling true crime author Amanda Howlett doesn't just talk about their crimes. She talks directly to them. It's all getting a bit much, really. It's the podcast that goes where others fear to tread. Monsters Who Murder. Serial Killer Confessions. Subscribe now in your favourite podcast feed. <laughs> I included that promo just for you, Brooke. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I should confess this, but occasionally I've just thought, if I turn to crime, could I get a slot on that podcast <laughs> promo because I love it so much. But, Brookie, if you were on it, would you listen to it? Well, I have a full-time oh. job now, so... <laughs> Okay. If, we, if we have I'm you very... as a guest on the Ben Robin Robert okay, show, will you right. watch that well, too? How many words I a day? Do... Time poor, fella. How many oh, words a enough, day okay. do you write? Like 1,500? No. <laughs> a little bit less. <laughs> <laughs> Never well, mind. It's the quality, not the of quantity. Of course, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh. Now. It's been a while since we've had one of these. It's time for our big topic of the week. And for that, we go to Brookie. All right. Thank you, Rob. Diversity or lack of it has been a hot topic both here and overseas. Locally, there's been criticism of the newsroom in SBS with accusations of bullying and racism and Indigenous staff leaving the network. Also, lots of criticism of the multicultural broadcaster's white executive team. Former SBS boss Michael Abid, Egyptian-born, came out and said it didn't matter who the executives were and that race was no barrier to making multicultural programs. And despite vocal staff complaints, the actual staff satisfaction ratings at SBS are very high. But it is hard for Indigenous people and people from various ethnic backgrounds to break into the industry. And yes, uh, we are an all-white panel, we have to acknowledge. But let's look at what's happening overseas. Viacom CBS, who own the 10 network locally, have just announced a range of initiatives. They've got a new policy, no diversity, no commission that is operating in the UK, and they're appointing various executives to monitor diversity amongst their production and on-air talent and looking at programs that will mentor Um, people from different ethnic backgrounds through the company. Said Maria Kiriakou, who's president Viacom CBS Networks UK and Australia, and I'll just quote her at length because it's worth it, uh, putting her point of view across, society is now at an inflection point on the issue of systemic racism, and as individuals, as a company, we all have a part to play in writing centuries of wrongs. For too long, the TV industry has been a relative closed shop. And if we are to be of continued relevance to the audiences that we serve, then this must change. She says diversity and inclusion is a core company value. Yet hearing from our employees over the course of the past few weeks, we know that we can and we must do more to increase representation at all levels. So, Sarah, do you think she is right? TV is still a relatively closed shop. I mean, I guess it depends on what country you're in because other countries have different 
you know, like you look at America, they've got BET, they've got Univision, they've got like all the different networks that are just for people who are not of a white background and they don't care whether they hire white people or not. Um, and in the US, you've got SAG, which mandates that you hire a certain amount of people of other ethnicities or colors or cultures. Um, I always think that, yes, it's great that we include people, but I think at the same time, you should get your job based on merit, not just on being a token. Well, and I think this is the great conflict, isn't it? Because I don't see how you can square that circle and reconcile those two competing ambitions. Uh, I'm struggling to work out how you can promote on merit whilst at the same time uh, encourage diversity within the industry. Evie, do you have any thoughts on this? Well, no, we just simply don't. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to... Mm, I think we do ha need a lot of diversity, um, but do we have it? Well, um, well I can force people talk, to do it. Because that's the thing, right? If you don't have an Asian person that wants the job, are you going to go mm. and force an Asian person to take the job just to get your your quota in? I mean, if what if they're not interested in that? I mean, if people want to do it, then by the you know, for, mm. please let them do the job. But if people aren't interested, you can't force a certain number to do a, a profession just because it makes it look better that you have the numbers. Well, Evie, I let's think, talk about a show mm. you know well, Gogglebox, which mm. seems to have had no problems in showcasing a large, diverse cast. And, uh, I mean, some of them are the real stars of the show, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think that they're all quite quintessentially Australian, not diverse. There's a... Oh, that's an um, interesting point. I just think that had they really wanted to be diverse, there would have been um, some real differences. Everyone pretty much is the same on Gogglebox. We all pretty much agree with the same thing. Nine out of ten people say the same thing every time. They have to choose from the edit which one goes to air for that particular um, scene. So, so even yeah, though I the think... people are different, you're saying the views and their attitudes to the programs you're watching, mm -hmm. yep. they often I have the same reaction. Yeah, yeah, I think the diversity there was not very big at all. Despite at all. the ethnic have... diversity, the personality yeah. traits were the same. Absolutely. I mean, you've got the Sri Lankan family um, and then the Greeks and the Vietnamese, but they're all really Australian, like mm. really Australian. So, hmm. um, you know, the, uh, the only diversity in that show, as far as I'm concerned, was Mick and Di, the old couple who disagreed with everyone. <laughs> Everything they liked, no one else liked. Everything they hated, we all liked. Well, and the other question is, are you looking for cultural and racial diversity or are you looking for visual diversity? Because a lot of places, people are, they're black, they're Asian, like their ethnicity is different, but they are Australian or they are American. But, you know, like you have places where you give, like at, at colleges, they give cultural diversity scholarships and there was a big brouhaha here because there was people from South Africa who had gotten a scholarship in the US to Michigan University because they were African-American because they were from South Africa and then the school worked out that they were white and they took the college scholarship away from them and it's like they are legit they have two passports they are actually African they are that is a different culture 
but because they were technically light-skinned, they were not considered culturally different. And I'm like, that is absolutely culturally different because you are from a different culture, you're from a different country. What you are looking for is visual diversity because you don't care if someone was raised in the same place as everyone else as long as they look different. And to me, that's they are two entirely different concepts that people seem to confuse as one. Or, you I know, agree, Sarah, over. with that 100%. That, like, just that one example, the show that I was on, looked visually diverse. That's it. Yeah. I tell you where the disagreements on Gogglebox were. They were with uh, that that dad Matt and his daughters. Yeah. That's where the, the, that's where they that wasn't a diversity game. thing though. That was oh, a thing. <laughs> yeah. That was a dad and daughter thing. Rob, yeah, is the industry uh, here or overseas too white? Do you think there are real barriers to entry from people from different races? Yeah, there probably are. To be honest, um, you think about a lot of people that work in the industry and it's predominantly white. So that's that's a given. The thing I think we need to... The thing that scares me about what they're doing over in the UK is saying we will not commission anything unless it's um, uh, racially diverse or, you know, um, has the diversity. And I think about that and, well, what if you're missing a great show produced by some white woman... Um, who has this amazing story to tell that's a deeply personal story and because it's her story she's going to cast a young white woman in the role. You know, um, she's trying to employ people to help tell that story. Now, I'm all for trying to get more diversity behind camera and in front of the camera and I take your point, Evie, about the personality differences, but it is actually a great stride to see what's happening on Gogglebox with a different look, even if it, even if it is that, because Australians are looking at that and not even flinching. And so that is a great message to send to executives around the country that this is okay, you can have a racially diverse cast and it's okay. I get scared when we say you must have A, B or C to be commissioned. That scares me. Give incentives, by all means. I don't care if the government puts up money to make it more affordable to put people of ethnic diversities um, into the chair, into roles. Or, you know, subsequently, if the government pays for additional production roles to make sure we can assign um, minorities into these roles or minorities within this country into roles, no problem with that at all. There seems to be a problematic default to Anglo-Saxon, and we can see that in so many reality programs and the casting. Uh, I don't even know which ones we want to single out, but and I might be wrong, but Bachelor in Paradise seems to be fairly white to me. Um, But maybe other people are smart enough not to be an idiot on a reality (laughs) show, and they're like, my mum would kill me if I went on that show and I would, like, degrade my entire nationality, so I'm not going to do it. Big Brother... seemed by you know definitely from the halfway mark seemed to get wider and wider as the weeks it certainly progressed did. although uh master chef we had there was quite a, a famous photo now of uh the asian cast members who lasted the distance and wasn't it great re- recently where uh, on the voice chris sebastian won you know an australian malaysian i just thought <laughs> That was a really excellent thing to see. Which I've got no problem see. with the ethnicity. I just have a problem with the nepotism. And I think, I think 
um, Chris's brother won a really good um, <laughs> competition. Yeah. I mean, oh, the decade was yeah, wasn't it? Did Chris win or did Guy win? I think Guy's now won two singing competitions just quietly. <laughs> Yes. Well, technically no, but yes, he'll take it. I think that we've, we, we're paying for the mistakes that have been made for the past 60 years of television, and that is that there hasn't been a great diversity. So uh, for the government or, or, or for people to say that there needs to be an element of, um, you know, in lack of another word, I don't mean this in this way, but in ticking the boxes, in in, in involving and, and, and encouraging uh, people who aren't white to be part of things, I think is a good idea. Um, and I think the only way that it will happen is if there are these uh, kind of these forced measures, measures these incentives mm-hmm. um, to show that, you know what, there is a great amount of talent out there. Um, television is far too white in this country, but the only reason it will change is if these things are put in place. So I'm actually all for them. Yeah, I think incentives but not mandates. That's the way to go. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because you're just setting yourself up for for failure should you not fill mm. that particular mandate. The It's funny, like, you look at something like um, a Big Brother audition, you know, that say there's a line-up of – and it's just mostly white – people auditioning and you look at something like um Australian Idol and there was a lot that's when you'd get your um New Zealand Maldives you know all coming that was their thing that they could start doing and showing there's amazing voices in Australia um there's a lot of diversity and multiculturalism in that kind of thing it was interesting I wonder if you could say there was a divide between the talent shows uh Australian Idol right from the word go showcased uh really multi-ethnic cast mm-hmm. uh, and the uh, shows that where casting was more important, such as The Block or, um, you know, other programs where the cast was more selected by producers. But didn't Married at First huh. Sight have yeah. a bunch of people from different backgrounds? Not a bunch. I don't um, think a bunch. No. They just, no. They're different backgrounds with the different Botox go... clinics they go to. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. We couldn't tell one from the other. Well, I think we've also got to remember that we're a predominantly white nation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's our population. Um, you know, when you look at something like Australia's Next Top Model, um, there's a not going to be as many um, different nationalities coming through um, as just a room full of skinny 13-year-old white girls, you know, in this country. Indeed. And that is the black view from this white panel. (laughs) (laughs) That's the way it is. I mean, you look at South Africa. Could you imagine the difference in their their, um, South Africa's next top model? Well, one final final thing we should ask the panel before we move on is that, you know, Viacom CBS does have a network in Australia, the 10 network. This policy has been announced for the UK. Uh, it hasn't been announced for Australia as yet, but Maria Kiriakou is in charge of Australia. Do we think, A, it should, or B, it will be instituted here? Going to be very different Bachelor if they do. Back in the day when things like Flipper and stuff were filmed on the Gold Coast, they had to have a certain percentage of ethnicities because they were SAG productions. Oh, yeah. Because right. uh, they had um, they had to have a certain number. So, like, they say that 17% of actors on television in the US are African-American, but only 14% mm-hmm. of the population is African-American. 
So they're actually quite well represented, even though they still are a minority, but it's because when you walk out onto the street, that's what you see when you go to the mall is, you yes. know. Yes, and that's... The, but then yeah. in Australia when they were doing Flipper, they had all of these guys who'd basically come to Australia on like a Navy boat or whatever and had met a girl and stayed and gone AWOL. And one day immigration went out to the set of Flipper and that's why it got shut down for several weeks because they rounded oh. everybody up and sent them home. And is they had to true? Yeah, I used to work for an agent up in Brisbane and he was like, fuck, I lost all my talent. Wow. We had one guy who was illegal. <laughs> Wow, that's a good scoop. That's hilarious. Sent them all back to America where they were all charged with desertion. So, <laughs> but, but, oh, That's a good note to go wow. out on, Brookie. We can't oh, yeah. top that. Thank you, one and all. <laughs> good big issue, Brookie. All right. Can you hear that? Can you hear that, everyone? <laughs> Push it open. <laughs> Push it open. It's time to open the TV Black Vault. And with Ben away this week, I have the duties. I've pulled out the secret envelope and we'll be taking a look at what's inside. All right. (laughs) (laughs) And this week, producers of a popular reality TV show are reeling after a rival show has jumped in and managed to do deals with the celebrities they were trying to book. Just how is this rival show getting the jump? Who is the leak? A few oohs and ahs that wouldn't go straight at oh, these. I, I thought you were going to a thing. Sorry. No. Oh, wow. Yeah. What the? What? 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 Spill. Wait, what? Spill. Wait, can I pretend that I'm on one of those shows so that the other one calls and, like, offers me a job? Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's what'll happen. Which reality TV star refused to honour publicity requirements because they didn't like what the media was saying about them? It's oh, going to be a very Which short career if you can't handle a bit of criticism. Oh, my Lord. Who is that? Oh, I guess who don't sue. I can't oh, tell you. It's the whole <laughs> thing that you don't find out until we switch off the recording. And then Rob tells you. Oh, well, that's all right. I can wait. I can wait. Wait five. Hang oh, five. Wow, and wow. it's the Battle yeah. of the Blue Tick. Which group of TV stars are angry that one of their posse has been given the Blue Tick on Twitter, but they haven't? It's enough to turn this once friendly group very, very, very nasty. Ooh, that sounds Is like it a us? desperate housewife. Yes, no. Well, I, I have a blue tick. So does Rubbo. Sarah oh, I don't have does. a blue tick. No, oh, I'm cares. blue ticked up, baby. Oh, Sarah needs one. Sarah's I only have like 2,000 followers. Nobody cares. I don't care. I don't care. It's not the point. You don't care. You don't care about the blue tick until you've got one, doll. Uh, but exactly. <laughs> Evie doesn't until care. She's one. on Instagram. <laughs> and on I quit Facebook, so you know. Uh, Indeed. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of what was a great TV black box. It's so good to be back. I've missed this little show. Brookie, thank you for popping by for a chat. Rob, it has been a ball. It always is. Thank you very much for having me on. Oh, no, I'm glad we could pull you away from your main love, TV Binge Box. Uh, Robbo, thank you for being with us today. Which Thank you very much for having me. Which I noticed we didn't manage to get a plug in. For. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew oh, that was like coming. 5,000 to 1 in terms of Ben, Rob and Robbo and TV Binge Box, which I'd like to say has nearly 1,000 followers on the TV Binge Box podcast gang Facebook page. Awesome. Do sign up if you can. 
So yeah, quickly, yeah, we'll, yeah, just, it, it, we'll, we'll let everyone know the details of uh, TV Binge Box if you watch the Ben Robin Robbo show tomorrow <laughs> at one It'll o'clock. be in our uh, ticket tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brookie, no, TV Binge Box is a great show yes. and the Facebook page is going gangbusters, so make sure you check that out. Robbo, thank you for being with us. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. And uh, I don't think I know where you'll be tomorrow at one o'clock. Where will you be? I'll be actually on the Ben Robin Robbo show. <laughs> uh, yeah, live from Monday to Thursday, one, uh, one o'clock. Uh, you can find us in all your lovely social media feeds. Uh, and tomorrow we'll give you a very special code word where you could win a brand new car thanks to Brookie at uh, TV Benchbox. <laughs> you may not win a car. Sarah, yeah. thank you for being with us today. Well, thank you. I'll spend the rest of the day lounging around on my yacht being a good trophy wife. <laughs> good girl. What a role to have. It's the role yeah. of a lifetime and she does it very, very well. Evie, thank you so much for being with us and coming to play. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Always enjoying it. Oh, we love having you here. Don't forget to go to tvblackbox.com.au for all the latest news on the TV industry. It's where people in the industry get their news. We'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.